0: What's going on, man? Welcome back to The Basement. I'm Ron, and today we're going to talk through my top 10 lessons learned for week 16 of the fantasy football season. We're going to take what happened in week 15, apply it moving forward, and just talk through all the trends, my takeaways, observations from the week of football we just had. Now, I will say today's a little bit sad. I love making these videos, but this is probably going to be the last in-season top 10 lessons learned video we have for this year next week a week from today it's christmas i'm gonna be spending time with family i want people to make this video but we probably will have one more where i kind of just do a recap and do a top 10 lessons learned for the entirety of the 2023 season just kind of put a bow on everything so with all that being said i enjoy you guys watching i appreciate you guys watching staying along this entire season hope your teams are doing well and with that being said subscribe leave a like let's go now our first top 10 lessons learned or our first lesson learned in my top 10 is james cook and the bills with joe brady just absolutely killed the cowboys and our takeaway here is just kind of what the usage has been since they fired ken dorsey so they fired ken dorsey i believe after the week 10 loss to the denver broncos They come out here, switch offensive coordinators, and it's been much more run-heavy, and we've seen that really benefit a guy like James Cook. Now, I hate to say that it was an absolute blowout yesterday. I feel like we've seen a lot of these games where it's like, man, I'm so excited for this game. The uh, ravens Bengals primetime game, that one sucked. You had uh, Cowboys, you had Philly come into Dallas, and they got absolutely boat-raced. You had the 49ers go to Philadelphia, Philadelphia got boat-raced, so... I don't know, a lot of these big matchups, like Bills-Cowboys, that was the matchup I was looking forward to. And it was never really all that competitive. I don't really have a takeaway from that, but it just kind of proves how random football is on a week-to-week basis. Um, but with James Cook, man, he absolutely went insane yesterday. He had 25 carries for 179 yards and a touchdown versus an elite defense in the Dallas Cowboys. I will say, something that's very underrated about the Bills this year is their offensive line is amazing their left tackle I believe Deion Dawkins I think he came out of Temple really really good I think they have a guy on the other side Spencer James that's been good their offensive line were mauling dudes yesterday versus again like a really good Dallas defensive line here uh just really impressive stuff all around now when we talk about usage I think this is what's really important to kind of gain here uh James Cook this is a tweet from Jim I don't know what to say his last name I don't know if it's Sands or Sanis Sanis Uh, James Cook's snapper is at the 12-yard line with Ken Dorsey, 28.8%, with Joe Brady, 54.5%. Now, touchdowns are still an issue. Murray got a goal-line touchdown yesterday, and Josh Allen still lurks, but it's getting better when combined with his yardage juice. It's a flawed but sweet profile. So he scored two touchdowns yesterday. Um, Prior to that, he had just two touchdowns on the season. So he's now up to four total touchdowns. That's really the only blemish on his profile right now. But the interesting part with James Cook is that this archetype of running back – is like really taking over the NFL. I know Keaton Mitchell just got hurt, but like you can kind of throw James Cook. You can throw James Cook, Jameer Gibbs, Devin Achan. Uh, if you want to go further than that, you can go Keaton Mitchell, you can go Jaleel McLaughlin, uh, you can go Chase Brown, Jared McKinnon, like prime Jarek McKinnon, like a lot of these, like almost like these Danny Woodhead, Darren Sproles type running backs. I, I know that Jameer Gibbs is is pretty far removed from that you know, archetype of running back, but these like smaller guys who don't project to be, you know, your Najee Harris and Zeke Elliott's of guys who can handle 20 plus touches per game are kind of the meta in fantasy football and just football in general, because we're going away from committee or we're going away from bell cows. We're going towards committees and we just want the high value stuff in terms of pass catching touchdowns and whatever else, whatever other touches we can get. And that kind of happens to be like these speedster efficiency backs, you know, like a Jamal Charles I'd put in that category, Chris Johnson, uh all of those types I think CJ Spiller as well in this era uh would have been really good so it's just something interesting to note that in years past you you heard a lot especially with the Jameer Gibbs stuff and thankfully on this channel we were saying you know fade the noise like everyone's like oh well running backs under 200 pounds don't work or under running backs under 205 pounds don't work and it's like the two best running backs last year were Christian McCaffrey and Austin Eckler both guys Sub 205 pounds, which is kind of like where the league is going at this point. And I think it's important to note that we shouldn't be super, super. Of course, it matters. Size matters in the NFL. Low key pause. But regardless, size matters, but to a lesser extent these days. We're seeing guys like Devonte Smith at wide receiver, we're seeing guys like James Cook and Devin Achan and Jameer Gibbs at running back in this modern nfl where like i mean you saw the hit on Pittman. i mean the hit on Pittman was brutal but it's just like they're very they're much more buttoned up these days with what you can do on defense and i think that kind of allows offense to look a little bit different these days you're not seeing as many you know your peyton hillis's and your jerome bettis and you know i don't know why i said peyton hillis but you know what i'm saying you're eric dickerson's and earl campbell and you know your big boys that just run people over stephen jackson from back in the day so it is interesting how this is kind of turning now james cook RB1 rest of season um, at this rate and if we look at it from a broader standpoint of kind of what the Bills have brought um, we have Bills offense with Ken Dorsey so I wrote this little tweet here Bills offense with Ken Dorsey weeks one through ten uh, they were eighth in neutral pass rate so they're passing the ball a ton plus five percent pass rate over expectation that means on a given play they are passing the ball five percent more than you would expect them to just given down in distance where they're at in terms of uh, win percentage all of that Uh, James Cook's points per game, 11.8. His touches per game, 14.4. Now, here's the crazy part. James Cook has actually been handling the ball a ton, even though he's smaller here, where he has 21 touches per game since Joe Brady got hired in Week 11. Now, Joe Brady, a little backstory on him, he was actually really fun, and he was actually one of the guys I wanted the Jets to hire during the solace cycle, where Joe Brady came uh, from the LSU team, where they won with Burrow. He was the uh, play caller on that team. Now, you can definitely say he had all the talent in the world. It's impossible not to, uh succeed there but then he came to the nfl i think he was at the quarterback coach or like an offensive coordinator for a team and then a quarterback coach for like the the panthers or something maybe he was the coordinator for the panthers at one point um he's kind of bounced around since the lsu gig finds himself here and i don't know i guess he kind of has the bills in the right direction i will say their offense looked good before but i think that he's at least gave them a running game which has been a big problem for them in the past here But 52.7% neutral pass rate. So 20th, that's like about, that's like just below league average in terms of pass rate, which I think is good. Minus 4% pass rate over expectation. They've been very run heavy. 24.1 points per game for James Cook. That is absolutely absurd over the last like four weeks here. James Cook has been very, very good on 21 touches per game. So James Cook, RB1 moving forward, and the Bills are much more balanced. And you're kind of seeing Stefan Diggs be the, uh, main guy who's taking a beating from this run game now after that we have our second takeaway which is on the other side of this game the Cowboys giveth as the Cowboys taketh and you hate to see it um and I kind of just want I kind of just want to give a PSA here like I imagine there were a lot of tough losses yesterday in 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 the playoffs all right I'm imagining some of you guys are sort of watching this video um a little bit sad I hope a lot of you guys won. But I also wouldn't be shocked if you lost. You know, if you, had, if you were running into the playoffs with a ton of steam and Bijan sucked for you, or you had like a Dak CD stack that just completely was awful. Same thing with like Jamar Chase didn't really play well. Jefferson didn't really play well. Even guys who have been good all year weren't that good. Zay Flowers drops a goose egg last night. Travis Etienne, Brees Saul dropped a goose egg. We'll get to the Cowboys in a second, but fantasy football... I believe getting to the playoffs, winning games, all of that, that is pure skill. Or not pure skill, but it's a lot of skill. To me, that's skill. The fantasy playoffs are kind of luck. Um, it sucks to say because I think that some of the fun is the head-to-head matchups in the playoffs. But like, in a perfect world, it's not head-to-head in the playoffs. Like, It's just whoever scores the most points either over the entire year or the last three weeks. But I think that that's where it takes out the fun. But what I'm saying is that I mean, it's the fun part, but it's also the tough part to swallow of you could have the best team and score the most points in your league and some guy could have had i'm trying to think of like who were the random guys or today but some guy could have had like james cook um rashi rice Jaden reed and just like completely murdered your like you know limped into the playoffs got hot at the right time and then could have just completely murdered your team today uh or yesterday and that could have been really sad maybe they started like a zamir white you know Uh, Or like a Ty Chandler was amazing. Devin Singletary as well. Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Someone got Clyde Edwards-Alaire off of waivers. This is also quietly a really good 0-RB week where if the issue is with 0-RB, some of the wide receivers up top were rough like Jefferson and Chase. But if you got it to work um, and you figured out a way to get Ty Chandler or Kyron Williams or Singletary or Clyde Edwards-Alaire, you had a lot of points coming from those guys uh, yesterday. So all I'm trying to say is it's just like, look, man, over an entire season you can play your best game Addison hasn't put up more than 20 points since week seven. He comes out there, puts up 20 uh, over 20 this week. It, it, it's tough. Uh, I'm just trying to say, just don't beat yourself up, man. If you had a really good team, you made it to the playoffs. Like Waddle did nothing all year until this week. McLaurin had a big... Same with like Godwin. It's tough. It, it, it's a week-to-week game. T. Higgins, as well, hasn't scored 20-plus PPR points since week two, and he did it uh, on Saturday with Jake Browning, so... Someone could have put Josh Palmer in their flex and got twenty one point three points. So all I'm trying to say is it's tough out here. If you lost, it happens to the best of us. I'm sure that there's a lot of guys out there who were looking pretty and then they had their Cowboys stack and were ready for another week of Dak Prescott, the Ceedee Lamb, absolutely dominating your opponents, and you come out here and you lose in round one, and it absolutely sucks. Hopefully, you got to buy if you're in that spot. I know some people that got to buy with the Cowboys stacks, but just want to say, fantasy football is tough. Getting to the playoffs, being good in the regular season is mostly skill, whereas fantasy playoffs is pretty random. You're just sort of trying to survive and advance there. Uh, So I wouldn't get too down on yourself. Now, the Cowboys were rough yesterday on the other side of this Bills game. They just got absolutely thrashed. You have 134 yards and a pick for Dak. He was awful. Pollard did nothing for you. Um, I think CeeDee Lamb had a rushing touchdown. Yeah, CeeDee Lamb had a rushing touchdown, so he kind of saved the day if you had like a naked CeeDee Lamb on your team. Then to further kind of illustrate it, You have a JJ Zach recent tweet here. Uh, Dak Prescott scored six fantasy points today against the Bills. He had averaged 26.7 points over his previous eight games. Really, really, really brutal stuff. Now, as we kind of just talk about fantasy football in general and sort of zoom out a little bit here, uh, McCaffrey, I just want to talk about McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey was this year's legendary running back. and It was maybe the most obvious thing ever. Now, I do want to say, like, this isn't really me taking an L. I never said that he wasn't a legendary running back. Um, to me, he was just always assumed, like, I didn't want to when we made this videos about Bijan and Gibbs and uh, Brees and all these guys that we thought maybe had legendary upside. It was kind of trying to find the one that would be cheaper later on. It was assumed, you know, like, McCaffrey was my RB1 this year. I do wish, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. I do wish I put him at 101. He was my 103 as my RB1. So I had him on a couple teams this year, but... I was, like, slightly underweight. I wish I wasn't. I will say, I mean, running backs falling off an age cliff. It was scary. Like, the the reasons to fade him. Elijah Mitchell got a lot of work last year. Uh, Old running backs are a scary bet to make. Uh, And there's a lot of mouths to feed on that offense between Debo, Kittle, Ayuk, all of that. And last year, we kind of saw that in the playoffs and stuff. McCaffrey wasn't the complete bell cow. But I wish my dog brain just kind of took over and was just like, this is one of the greatest fantasy football players of all time. Like, McCaffrey's going to go down in that, like, rare air of your... Like girl I think even ahead of Gurley, but like Gurley, Jamal Charles, Chris Johnson, Adrian Peterson, LaDainian Tomlinson. It's just like one of these guys that scored so many fantasy points when he was playing, just like a fantasy football Hall of Famer. And if you have that guy on the best offense of his career, you know, in the past, he's been on like brutal Panthers offenses. He's on the best, offenses of, best offense of his career. Like you just have to take him. You just have to take him. He, was, he wasn't coming off of injury. He has another year to learn the scheme. Maybe he was kind of getting worked in. McCaffrey probably should have been the 101 is really what I'm trying to say, but it's tough. I mean, it's hindsight 2020. If Jefferson and Chase were just doing, we're just on pace with these, even just like AJ Brown, Amon Ross St. Brown types, not even your Tyreek Seedy, they probably wouldn't have been as brutal of a pick and as tough at one and two. Uh, but yeah, McCaffrey, pretty obvious uh, legendary running back this year. We talked all offseason. We showed this thing. Once you get to 22.5 plus points per game, you have eight running backs since 2018 to get there three wide receivers and that's usually where running back can kind of gap the field and the thing is this year McCaffrey not only gapped the wide receivers pretty much the wide receiver is not named Tyree Kill but he gapped all the running backs you have Kyron Williams is the only other running back over 20 points per game the other one over that legendary 22.5 plus is Christian McCaffrey so again I am glad I didn't really like I loved Bijan I still do love Bijan we got screwed by Arthur Smith and we'll talk about that in a second but I never got crazy enough to put him at RB1 or, like, put somebody else at RB1. McCaffrey was always my RB1. I do wish I had him higher than my 103, though. I would have had a lot more of him, but I don't know. You live and you learn. A lot of guys that look like McCaffrey don't work out, and they get hurt, and it's tough, but it's the game we play. Now, after that, we have uh, the Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith relapsed. Um, I have just sang his praises for the last three weeks here as he was using his playmakers and everything looked good, and then we come out here. Now, to be fair, it was a rain game, but his use of his players in this game, insane. Now, we have just 20 pass attempts here, so that's tough. At least we have 20 pass attempts, and of those, you have London, Kyle Pitts, and Bijan running the most routes. Now, the issue is we get 14 Tyler Algier carries. 14 Tyler Algier carries is crazy. Now, I know Bijan fumbled, but people fumble. uh, I think, what, Kyron Williams fumbled twice in his game, and Sean McVay never pulled the plug on him. Good coaches don't put their players in the doghouse over fumbles, and on top of that, Tyler Eager had 14 carries for 45 yards on a 3.2 yards per carry. He gave you absolutely nothing. Now Bijan wasn't much better. Seven carries, 11 yards. He had three targets, one catch. It was just a tough game. Tough game in the in the rain. wasn't anything going on offense. As in, Ritter was pretty awful. Uh, but it went from you know a lot of touches going towards Bijan to only ten, nine touches for Bijan. In a game where you absolutely needed it. And it sucks because he was getting high. He had 17.6 by week, then 27.3. Down game versus the Jets at 10.9, then 19.8. Over the last four weeks, or over the last five weeks, he was a a stud RB1 heading into the playoffs or the fantasy playoffs. Hate to see it. Ran into a buzzsaw. If you have Bijan, you might have lost your week. Uh, Drake London, similar story. Just three targets for him in the rain. Uh, Again, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, but the the weather really does uh, affect these games a lot this time of the year and then same thing for Pitts it was just tough man nobody on the Falcons got home just absolutely brutal stuff all around terrible game environment I will say though he lost to a 1-12 Carolina Panthers team Arthur Smith's seat has to be scorching hot it has to be scorching hot now also a good tweet from JJ Zacharyson here Bijan saw 58.8% snap share today which is a season low if you don't consider his headache game 26.9% running back rush share it was also a season low so just absolutely brutal usage all around Arthur Smith Deserves to get fired. But, again, to be fair, he wasn't playing lights out by any means, uh, Bison Robinson, this week. But I'd also argue he had, what, like nine touches in a rain game? Let him find some kind of groove, my man. Uh, regardless, fifth takeaway. Jake Browning is balling out of control, man. Out of control, dude. This is most passing yards to a quarterback's first four career starts. You have Cam Newton, Kurt Warner, C.J. Stroud, Andrew Luck, jeff blake who i don't know who jeff blake is but then justin herbert pat mahomes and then jake browning jake browning and pat mahomes both have the same amount of passing yards through their first four starts now jake browning is actually really interesting man he if you go back and look at his washington stats he played at washington after his second season he had like 40 plus touchdowns like fringe heisman campaign and after that year it was like okay he has one final year and then like in that justin herbert class i believe he was like a first round projection, like before the season. Then he came out there and he regressed his junior year. He regressed his senior year. And then he became like an undrafted guy, uh, quarterback. But there was promise early on in his college career uh, is what I'm trying to say. Regardless, it's interesting what he's been doing. I think it also just shows how incompetent the Jets are. We're seeing the Bengals getting good quarterback play and winning games. We're seeing the Browns get Joe Flacco, a guy who was on the Jets the previous like two or three years, getting good quarterback play whatever. Uh, we don't have any Jets talk today, but Fire Rob Sala is what I'll use my platform for today. Uh, after that, we also I also want to talk about Chase Brown, man. Chase Brown uh, has been fun. He's been like this juice. You know, he has been, again, in that archetype of running back we've been talking about as your James Cook, Jameer Gibbs, all of that. Chase Brown, his snap percentage went down. This is, by the way, the utilization report from My Fantasy Life. Uh, you can see Chase Brown, week 13, 15% of the snaps, 14, 30% of the snaps, 15, back down to 17%. So not great, but he did set a season high at 32% of the rush time. So he ran the ball a ton. He was just used much less, than, much less in the passing game, going from 30% of the routes to 11% of the routes. So just something to monitor, something that I would just sort of keep checking, checking in with, seeing where Chase Brown is at as a rookie. But he is a fun rookie in that archetype that we just talked about. Now, after that, we have the world famous rookie wide receiver report now I will be honest I didn't get this set up before I hopped in here so I think but I don't think that it should be too much of an issue here is what I also wanted to say all right so we'll, we'll move that there get my face cam here boom we'll shrink it a little bit to here and this is sponsored to you by underdog fantasy Make sure if you haven't already, you use promo code RON. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. I'm link in the description and in the comment section down below. Click the link. It'll take you to Underdog Fantasy. You'll use promo code RON. It'll match your first deposit up to $100. And then you can hop over to the Pick'em Lobby. Check out this DeAndre Swift higher or lower. It's .5 total yards. It's essentially a freebie. Jalen Hurts is sick. DeAndre Swift is going to get higher than .5 total yards here tonight. Again, if you're new, it'll just be waiting there in the Pick'em Lobby for you. You can go higher on this DeAndre Swift special on top of that you can go to basketball they have college pick'em lines they have a bunch of stuff for tonight in terms of fantasy points and passing yards and receiving yards and you can string together a nice little pick'em slip give yourself a nice little sweat for the primetime Monday night football game again promo code Trade, deposit match up to $100 and I will have links in the description in the comment section down below now with this rookie wide receiver report here we have a big chart for anybody who is unfamiliar, and you can see. You guys can't even see that graphic, but I'm just gonna put it there because why not? But you guys can see uh, week 13 route percentage, week 14 route percentage, week 15 route percentage, just on a you know per drop back how often you're running a route on those drop backs, right? Like just on passing plays for your team, how often are you out there? That's just kind of where your pecking order is in the uh, wide receiver depth chart. Targets per run, you know how are you demanding volume? Yards per run, are you efficient on that volume? PFF grade, how do you look on film? And then percent change, you know, how are you trending from this week to next week in terms of your PFF grade? Now, first up, we have Rashi Rice. Now, I will say these are all rookie wide receivers, over 200 routes ran on the season sorted by a PFF grade. So the first one we have is Rashi Rice and pop the champagne, fellas, pop the champagne. I don't know. Why I said champagne, pop the champagne, fellas. We finally have Rashi Rice running 93% of the routes. We've been talking about him all year saying, holy hell. He is murdering these guys on per-route basis. On a per-route basis, he is being an absolute monster. Please, Andy Reid, get him from 50%, 60% of the routes, up to 80%, up to 90%, and he answered our calls. He goes from flirting with 70% to 82% to 93% this week, and he goes absolutely bonkers, Rashi Rice. He puts up nine targets, nine catches, 91 yards, and a touchdown. That is now his previous four weeks, 10 targets, 9 targets, 10 targets, 9 targets. Just an absolute monster, an absolute beauty. Rasheed Rice also now becomes the top PFF graded wide receiver. 85.1 PFF grade is 8th all-time in my database. Rashie Rice is blowing my damn mind, fellas. He is 8th all-time behind in, in PFF grade behind just in terms of rookie wide receiver seasons. OBJ, Justin Jefferson, Terry McLaurin, Percy Harvin, Michael Thomas, Garrett Wilson, Drake London. Those are the only eight wide receivers with better than an 85.1 PFF grade in their rookie season. Just absolutely absolutely beautiful stuff. He's the wide receiver three in fantasy points over the last four weeks behind just Debo Samuel and CeeDee Lamb. Shout out Mike Clay for that stat. Insane. I'm completely bought in on Rashi Rice. I, I, I don't know what else there is to say. I mean, elite, elite, elite. He's now a full-time wide receiver. This is at worst a wide receiver two rest of season. This is a this is a fringe top 12 guy rest of season, Rashi Rice. Um if you have him on your playoff team and you're rolling, shout out to you. You should be feeling very, very good. Now after that we have after that we have Puka Nakua here. Uh, another downish game from Puka Nakua, but he had eight targets. He continues to be a target hog. He continues to command a ton of targets. 26.4% target per run, with a lot of his sampled routes being next to Cooper Cup, one of the best target earners in the NFL. That's impressive. I know that he continues to trend down. He's not really a, as on fire as he once was, but him still commanding volume and looking good is kind of all I care about with Puka Nakua. Uh, poor one out for Tank Dell, of course, still on IR, but he is an absolute monster. The only other rookie wide receiver with an 80-plus PFF grade. Uh, then we have DeMario Douglas, who was back in the mix this week. He was out in the last two weeks with a concussion. Comes back in. It's tough. Five targets, three catches, 33 yards. Still commanding targets. 25% target per run is really, really good. 1.9 yards per run is also solid. Uh, everything looks good for DeMario Douglas. Not really a high ceiling guy. Uh, but there's a role for a guy like DeMario Douglas in the NFL. Uh, and it was his first game back from injury. So I'm not really expecting a massive game. Now, Dontavion Wicks, man, very interesting here. I gotta be honest. I was not very interested in him coming out of school. A uh, guy coming out of Virginia, not really a ton of production or anything, but he runs a season high 76% route process participation here in week 15. Now to be fair, Christian Watson was out. Uh, and then Jaden Reed uh, got banged up in this game at some point. So Dontavian Wicks kind of took advantage of all of that. But with that being said, he looked good, man. This was his best game. Probably as a pro, he comes out here, seven targets, six catches, six, 97 yards. Uh, per route on the season, 2 yards per run is what we're looking for. Oh yeah, by the way, we're looking for 20% target per run or better, 2 plus yards per run or better, and an 80 plus VFF grade. He pretty much hits pretty much 20% target per run, 2 yards per run, and then PFF grade 75.5 is also uh really just fine. He he's kind of to me like this year's like Darnell Mooney, Gabriel Davis, um Rashid Shaheed type guy, Romeo Dobbs, in terms of just like day three slash undrafted, but really popping in year one. So just someone to really keep an eye on, especially in Dynasty, Dontavian Wicks. And that Green Bay wide receiver room is really fun now. You have Wicks, Watson, Reed, Dobbs. I mean, that's really all you could ask for. Um, now, after that, we have Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison with a monster game this week after being pretty much a no-show before that uh since Kirk Cousins went down but six targets six catches 111 yards and two touchdowns the only thing you can nitpick here is that he had just an 18 percent target share and that's kind of been his issue just a 17.4 percent target per run, yards per probably because per round stuff hasn't been great and he's been buoyed a little bit by nine touchdowns this year which is a lot for a rookie but it's tough man he's scoring fantasy points and I'm not really going to knock a rookie for doing so. To me, Jordan Addison is someone I believe in long-term, even though his per-route stuff and PFF grade isn't like super, super elite uh, like it is with these top guys up here. Uh, After that, we have Zay Flowers. This was his first down game since the Mark Andrews injury. Before that, he had two 20-plus PPR point games without him. Then on the Sunday night game versus the Jaguars, he goes two targets, one catch, seven yards. Stinkers happen. At this point, we've seen enough from Zay Flowers for me not to be like, oh, he's bad at football. He's Still good. He's a fun playmaker. He just wasn't really needed uh, on this night. Now, after that, we have Josh Downs. Josh Downs is one I'm starting to get a little bit spooked on. Still high on him. Loved him as a prospect. Um, and He was red hot for a second, and now this week he gives you three targets, three catches, 19 yards, in a game where Michael Pittman got hurt. You'd like a little bit more than that. Uh, He's yet to hit 10 or more PPR points since week 8 when he was like really on fire. So it sucks. Uh, it's time to get slightly worried, but I wouldn't panic too much. I would just say, you know, the, the shout out to the part of my take boys. I would say the, the panic button is on the table for Josh Downs, but I'm not, it's, it's fine. I don't, I'd almost say we're kind of playing with house money with Josh Downs. He kind of did enough for me early in the season to, uh, not really change much of how I view him. Now, after that, we have Jaden Reed and he is the man of the hour. Jaden Reed has been an absolute monster, man. He gets banged up in this game and still gave you 17.2 PPR points. He is the wide receiver seven in ppr points since week 10 this season absolutely amazing if he could just stay healthy and stop doing this stuff where he uh leaves games early which he's been doing recently he's a monster he's literally he's a top 24 guy rest of season he's been amazing they use him in the running game they use him in the receiving game super dynamic guy uh after that we have michael wilson ran a ton of routes in his first game back from injury but there's not much to see here he had three targets for zero catches uh not really anybody I like a ton in terms of Michael Wilson he's just like just a guy um in my eyes then we have Marvin Mims uh the Marvin Mims nightmare experience continues 13 like everything just continues to trend down trend down 63 PFF grade uh we haven't had a 25 plus receiving yard game for him since week four it sucks man I've never seen someone come come out the gate quite like Marvin Mims and cool down Uh, quite like this Uh, just absolutely brutal stuff now after that we have JSN who plays tonight Uh, then we have Jalen Hyatt Jalen Hyatt's tough three targets zero catches minus 8.2 percent decrease in PFF grade Uh, he had one good game and he was trending upwards I would say now um, it's looking like face planner central for Jalen Hyatt Uh, after that we have Quentin Johnston he gives you three targets two catches 23 yards and a touchdown in a blowout uh, really weird game versus the Raiders, but it's just brutal. I know he scored a touchdown, but yeah, Quentin Johnson, it's it's over, man. Uh, it's truly over. He is the Sky Moore of this class, a Jalen Rager of this class. It's tough, man. It's tough. I I, I would say that there's something I, I learned, and I get I I get that there were clear red flags here, uh, with Quentin Johnson that the film wasn't great, and he like body caught and didn't have the best hands. I don't think anyone envisioned this. This is still a guy who was drafted first round, Lance Zierlein, a film analyst, really liked him, had had him as a top three wide receiver in this class, someone that I actually use his data for, Um, so it's tough, and then you also have guys that film guys have been in love with in years past that like haven't panned out, you know, guys like one being like O'Reilly Ridley would be one, Um, I'm trying to think man, but it's tough, it kind of goes both ways, Quinn Johnson definitely one that has stung uh, this year, but I don't know that I would change much, like numbers wise he looked good, If he slipped in the draft and like fine that would be like a red flag on his profile but he still went round one everything looked good outside of just like twitter scouts and stuff but uh they ended up being right now after that we have xavier gibson for my jets not really worth talking about if i'm being honest with you um but he is still solid now i honestly was looking for i'm very curious because i don't want to just talk my ass with the wide receiver thing but I don't know. I feel like there have been guys that film guys and number guys have liked in the past that just haven't really panned out, um, regardless of just kind of, I don't know. It's tough on either side. Like, I would say Kadarius Tony was kind of a film guy. Um, but, yeah, it goes either way, I'd say. It goes either way. Yeah, I'm kind of looking. I don't know. It's tough. You can you can, you can name some guys as film guys, some guys as numbers guys, but at the end of the day, there's hits some misses. Hits and misses across the board, regardless. It's all kind of a crap crapshoot. I'm, I'm sort of starting to learn that wide receiver, I think wide receiver prospecting and wide receiver drafting and fantasy, I think is probably the most difficult across all the positions, to be honest with you. It has uh, the lowest R squared for my prospect models. Um, I think that there's just so many misses you can have just predicting wide receivers. And I think it's tougher just because running back is more opportunity dependent than wide receivers. Now, after that, we have Gibson. Gibson comes out here, six targets, High, it's a career high but he does nothing on them the Jets were awful in this game uh, Gibson likely not a guy you really have to worry about Cedric Tillman interesting he's a guy I liked in college he gets eight targets here which I think is maybe a career high or a season high something like that um, he leapfrogs like he, he's running 73% of the routes he's running ahead of David Bell which is good like David Bell certifiably very bad but if Cedric Tillman was under him in the route packing order then Cedric Tillman would be really bad at least Cedric Tillman is kind of somewhere on the depth chart that's good but the per route stuff awful uh, Tyler Scott Trey Palmer you don't really have to worry about then we have John Mingo he's commanding target, 16.9% target part run is really all he has going for him and if you want to be a target or a volume extremist and just be like hey I will say the film guys did love John Mingo but 16.9% that's really all you can look at. I mean if you want to sort by targets per run I mean it's decent you know it's like it's almost right there with Jordan Addison do you want to make a case of if Jordan Addison and uh, John Mingo switch spots kind of how things would look I don't know I personally can't do it in good faith. Uh, to me, John Mingo is probably a face planner, but he commanded enough targets that I think some numbers bros are going to be like, you know what, he commanded the targets. Bryce Young sucked this year. He's probably worth still betting on long-term. You knew he's going to be a project coming in. I can see all the arguments, but at the end of the day, man, oh man, has what he's put on the field this year just been pretty brutal. Uh, John Mingo. Now, that's going to do it for us Uh in the rookie wide receiver report again promo code ron gets your deposit matched up to 100 dollars on underdog fantasy have link in the description and in the comment section down below they'll take you right there to use this deandre swift special for new users now moving on from that our seventh takeaway i wanted to kind of just dive into some backfields i think this is uh really useful information for this time of the season uh first being the washington commanders uh, backfield, You have no Brian Washington here. I thought it was wheels the hell up for Antonio Gibson, and no, sir, it was not. Antonio Gibson was in a three-way committee with Jonathan Williams and Chris Rodriguez. It is Jover from Antonio Gibson. He gave you 14 carries for 15 yards, five catches for 20 yards, 8.5 PPR points. Pretty brutal there. Uh, 28 of 60 snaps, according to this PFF scre- screenshot. Also brutal that he couldn't be over 50% of the snaps. Chris Rodriguez got nine carries. Jonathan Williams was just kind of in the mix. Tony Gibson, five... Uh, targets four carries just not enough for him to be startable uh, in this role now after that we have the Colts backfield I want to talk about uh, without Zach Moss here Uh, after the Zach Moss injury so Zach Moss goes down it seems like it's gonna be pretty brutal and you have Jonathan Taylor waiting in the wings here but it is interesting to kind of see what the pecking order was after Zach Moss went down and when that happened Trey Sermon comes in he gives you 17 carries for 88 rushing yards Uh, and very weird that he had seven of ten of those third down snaps so Trey Sermon is probably the guy to own there but Tyler Goodson was also uh, very dynamic where he had 11 carries 69 yards he had two catches for 10 yards uh, Goodson looked like he had more juice but he's 5'9 197 and again one of these archetypes like your James Cooks that is less of a volume guy and more of an efficiency guy so both I, I don't know it'll be a split I imagine that Jonathan Taylor will be back soon enough to kind of throw a wrench in things but that's sort of where I'm at I think Trey Sermon's probably the back to own uh, then you have uh, the Vikings running back or the Vikings backfield without Alexander Madison this week. Ty Chandler was just an absolute bell cow. 55 of 68 snaps he had. Uh he ran a route in 17 of 39 pass attempts. He had 23 carries of 28 uh running back carries, and he had four targets. So that's 27 opportunities for Ty Chandler. Absolutely beautiful stuff. He might be a league winner here in 2023 fantasy football. He had 23 carries, 132 yards, and a touchdown with three catches for 25 yards absolutely magical stuff for Ty Chandler then I wanted to just sort of touch on this real quick I know there's a lot in the media I just want to say don't let the media rot your brain and tell you that Justin Fields is a bad quarterback is he an MVP caliber quarterback is he the best quarterback of all time no but does he deserve to be a starter in the NFL in my eyes yes He's been great. He's been the most electrifying playmaker on what has been an awful supporting cast Year We saw it yesterday. Robert Tonyan dropped a pass. Darnell Mooney dropped a pass in the end zone. I think this is a great tweet kind of summing it up. Justin Fields, box score for today, maybe the most deceiving thing ever, had a 70-yard touchdown drop. That was to Robert Tanyan. 45-yard game-winning Hail Mary TD dropped. That was to Darnell Mooney. A 30-yard pass dropped. Both interceptions came on a Hail Mary at the end of the, each half. First interception hit the ground so may get reversed later. Just absolutely crazy stuff. Fields could have had an amazing game, a huge triumphant win over the Browns, and everybody let him down. The defense stood tall, but everybody on offense let him down. He's not perfect. Does he take bad sacks? Does he have his flaws? Sure. But he is also absolutely electric, all the tools in the world, big arm. He is exactly what I would want a quarterback to look like. And if I was an NFL team like the Falcons um, – that needed a quarterback like the Vikings and I didn't have a draft pick and I didn't or I didn't have a draft pick in the top 10 or top five to take May or Caleb Williams I would package like a second maybe a conditional third or something I'll go get Justin Fields man give this guy a chance I will say I will say all of that I love Justin Fields I think that he gets a bad rep in terms of what he is as a real life football player um but the Bears should still take Caleb Williams just in terms of like where their championship window is they should take Caleb Williams but they should I think that there should be someone out there that actually trades for him and gives him a real shot in their organization. So that is just my two cents on the Justin Fields things. I think in, just in terms of where the team is at, you should trade Justin Fields. You don't have to pay him quarterback money. You trade him, you then reset the clock with a rookie quarterback deal. You then use your other pick, however you please. All of that good stuff. But yeah, Caleb Williams should be the Bears quarterback, but simultaneously it doesn't mean that Justin Fields is awful. It just means that his peak doesn't really line up with the Bears championship window. And that's just kind of how things work sometime so with that all being said as always i love you guys i enjoy making these videos it's sad that this is kind of the last one ish like a little bit of an asterisk because we're gonna do a season long one but um i'm glad all you guys watch i hope you guys are in your fantasy playoffs i hope you guys are doing well um sadly i know some of you guys have asked about the home league in my home league we started one in five we had jonathan taylor jamar chase joe burrow just like super super brutal deontay johnson lots of injuries early went one in five we persevered we got back to seven and seven and we lost on a points four tiebreaker, finished in seventh, literally the first spot out of the playoffs, the top six make it. So super crushing defeat. We're still alive in a bunch of high stakes stuff. We have some uh, that advanced to the overall tournament. We have some that were are still duking it out to try and win the championship. So good on that front, bunch of underdog teams. So beats, I know some of you guys are like, Ron, I want to hear about your teams. I'm not going to sort of show them until once the championship happens. And then I will probably do like once season wraps, like week 17 um we'll probably do a top 10 lessons learned from the 2023 season video and then we will do a uh recapping all of my teams video through dynasty redraft underdog all of that all broken down and i will say as well uh we do have christmas coming up here right so i already told you we're not doing the top lessons learned next week we'll do a waiver wire video tomorrow then for the patreon i'll have my rest of season rankings my weekly rankings all of that stuff and then pretty much from like Thursday through Christmas, I'm going to be taking off just to hang out with the family. Next Tuesday, you get a waiver wire video. I'll probably take that off through New Year's. It's been a long grind. We we streamed every every day of August. I'm just sort of trying to take a little bit of a step back here from Christmas through New Year's, and then after New Year's, we'll come back do a little bit of a you know we'll kind of put a bow on what the season was, um, and then we'll get into Dynasty, and I'll start tweaking my model and do it all that stuff, and that'll all be fun. Maybe we'll do some streams in there as well with some of these new uh playoff best ball uh modes on underdog fantasy that should be fun to sort of mess around with so stay tuned for all of that just want to give a little bit of a state of the union here as things wrap up as always i love you guys and i'll see y'all in the next one Ice froze, ice cold, oh oh.